0: You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. In one morning service, standing with her dad and singing the invitation hymn, she thought she was the worst sinner who had ever been created. Across her mind flashed the painful memory of when she secretly had stolen a candy bar. Behind glass doors in the dining room cupboard of her big house, her mother had kept candy bars that she sold for the Missionary Society. A sweet choice had disappeared one day, with the proceeds certainly not going to the mission field. These were times of poverty. Lily had yielded to temptation, and now she felt the ugly weight of being a secret criminal very visible in the judging eyes of God. How clearly she could hear her mother's strict teachings against ever stealing or telling a lie. The scriptures say, child, that all liars have their place in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Lily longed for forgiveness. She asked her father if she were allowed to go to the altar. A big old salty tear dropped off his bony cheek down to his feet, recalled Lily. His only response was yes, Lily, bud. So to the altar she went after another verse or two, with her father's great big arm around her. One could hardly see her when she was enveloped by the large frame of her dad. A picture to be translated into a wonderful spiritual reality for the rest of her life. Her sin was swallowed in forgiveness. She was born into her heavenly father's family, always after to be protected and guided by God's powerful arm, always glad for herself to be hidden behind the shadow of the cross of God's Son. She had begun learning about life from seven years. Now she had begun to learn about love, amazing love, a compelling love that would change her life forever. A beautiful song of redemption and persistent hope was beginning to swell up in her heart. She would learn to sing it so well. That is an excerpt from a book called She Came Preaching, The Life and Ministry of Lily S. McCutcheon. Which was uh, written by Barry, McC- Barry Callan. Uh, and Lily McCunchin is a famous preacher from the 40s, 50s, 60s, and t- even on to the next couple of decades. Uh, and, and her story is a story of hope. Like she experienced the hope in forgiveness. How have you experienced hope? Well, let's turn to first john we're going to get into the scriptures and, and look at this this letter. uh continue looking at this letter called first John found in the at the end of the new testament um, it's a it's a, It's a letter written by John who's a disciple and a very close friend to Jesus It was written to encourage Christians to hold on to their hope and their faith in Jesus the Messiah. And, 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 and Jesus wants us to have assurance and confidence in who he is. See, see John wrote this letter to, so that the, the readers would have assurance and confidence in who Christ is. And Jesus wants us to have that same, same confidence. So we're going to begin in uh, chapter 3 today in uh, verse 1 as we continue our series of hope going through this letter. See how very much our Father loves us? For he calls us his children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but He has not shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as He is pure. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins and there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. That's verse 10. We'll stop right there. We'll pick up uh, the rest here in just a minute. But here's our big idea uh, for for this today. It's that a life filled with hope can't help but spread hope. A life filled with hope can't help but spread hope. So how does this happen? What does this look like? Well, for each and every one of us, when we experience the hope that is in Christ, we find that hope is a new way of life. It's like moving to to a new place means a new way of life. I mean, my family has moved numerous times over the years. You can pick up when I uh, graduated from from, uh, college and got my degree from Mid-America Christian University in pastoral ministry, and then we began a ministry uh, uh, associate pastor there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then we moved from Oklahoma to Florida, and it was a brand new way of life. And, 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 and we moved from, from South Florida to, to Arkansas. And it was, again, a whole new, a whole new way of life. And then, and then a few years ago, we moved from, from Hot Springs, Arkansas, to Natchitoches, Louisiana, to begin the work of planting Awakened Church, and it has meant a whole new way of life for us. The question becomes, how much of the old way of life can coexist with the new way of life? Well, John says we can see how much God loves us because He considers us His children. He loves his, He loves us as His children while we, what the Scripture said, were, were enemies of God. He even loved us while we were yet sinners, even while we were disconnected because of our sin. He loved us. And, and how many conversations have I had where someone said, "You know what, Steve? I, I just can't believe that God could love me. I know that I know that God loves everybody and all that, but I just don't. I just can't believe." You don't know what I've done. I don't see how God could love me. John even hints that this is a common feeling back then when he says people of the world don't recognize that we're children of God because they don't know God. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that God could love us this way. So we enter into this new way of life because of God's love. And we receive this love Because he's constantly pouring it out. And as we are filled with this love, we begin to care about what he cares about. We live his way and we we love his way. Holiness happens when our desire for God surpasses our desire for self and sin. See, when I say hope is a new way of life, I'm talking about living this life and we call it holiness. Holiness happens when our desire for God surpasses our desire for self and for the sin that comes with that. So what does holiness have to do with hope? John says that, that Jesus' death and resurrection provides the power to remove our sin. Sin is, in its basic term, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of will. That's what sin is. You don't have to do it. It's a matter of will. When, when I assert my will against God's will, it's called rebellion, selfishness. Selfishness is the root of sin. God doesn't remove our free will. That's not the point. The power of the resurrection is to remove selfishness as our motivation. That 's what the power of the resurrection is all about to remove selfishness as our motivation. See John says that that the death and the resurrection of Jesus also provides power to resist Satan, to resist evil, to resist those temptations let 's pause and talk about the reality of Satan for a minute though see this is this is one thing that seems that that people are content on just believing. What they think ought to be right than actually spending time in research and understanding who Satan is. Scripture is clear that Satan is very real. A created being who is not all-powerful, who is not all-knowing, who is not ever-present. The works of Satan are to disconnect you from the power source, to disconnect you from the life source, and make you believe lies about yourself. You see, this is what Satan does, and this is what sin does. Sin steals the hope that Jesus wants you to live with. In verse 9, John says that those who are now children of God do not go on sinning. God's life is in them. You don't go on sinning because God's life is in you. This, the seed of God is planted, and it remains in them. That's what, that's what this word is. It's the, this, this, uh, the word kind of translates as seed here, or the, or the presence of God is the word. Are the life that God has put in us? In originally, this was written in Greek, and the Greek word used here, is sperma, sperma, it's it, sperma is it's the kernel which contains within itself life of the future plant. That's the definition. It's it's the kernel which contains within itself the life of the future plant. So in this, the life of the future plant, it's it's the plant, it's the, it's this very seed of God planted within you, and and, and so John says you don't go on sinning because God's sperma, God's the kernel which contains it in itself, the life of the future plant is within you. So the Holy Spirit is God's presence in our life, so that that He can take root and and He can grow. And over time, we become more like Jesus. This is hope. And it's through this this love that He has for us that we find the hope. And and love changes everything. Love changes absolutely everything. Sometimes I want to uh, when, I, when I think about changes, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like we know that changes are going to come. And I kind of feel like, man, I need to brace myself. I need to tell everyone, brace yourself. Changes are coming. And we don't know what those changes always are. This this last year has certainly shown us we have no idea what the changes could be. But here we are. And we need to realize changes are coming. How scary is change? See, love changes everything. And we need to, we need to realize it like this. Sometimes change is scary. But it doesn't have to be. Let's continue in verse 11. This is 1 John 3, beginning in verse 11. This is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Let me say that again. This is the message you have had from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother, and why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So so don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life, but a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates his brother or sister is really a murderer at heart, and you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. So, So that's verse 15. We'll pause again right here for just a minute and talk about this verse 11 says that the message this is the message you've heard from the beginning that we should love one another see see love here you should love one another this is the word agapeo Or maybe you've heard agape this is the word agape and it's a variation of that word it means much love right here in this passage agapeo means much love he said you have you have much love for one another see john shows two attitudes one is the attitude of Cain, and this is a reference to to Genesis four, uh, and, and the other is the attitude of Christ. If you look at Genesis four, chapter uh, verses one through nine, and and, and then just you can look it up later. Maybe you're familiar with the story of the hatred in the heart of Cain for his brother Abel, who who was a uh, you know this was a mortal battle that he had, that Cain lost the battle within himself, and even when God explained His response to Cain. And pleaded with him. He says, You'll be accepted if you do what is right. And Cain refused to listen and to to follow. And this is, this is the attitude of rebellion, which, which refuses to recognize God's authority. Cain's problem wasn't his brother, but with God. <laughs> see, John writes, Why did Cain kill Abel? Because Cain was doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. That was, that was the issue that he had here. So, so he's addressing, again here, we need to take a look at what the actual context is. John, in this letter, is addressing the Gnostics, those who were teaching the way of Gnosticism. And over the last couple of weeks... We've talked about this. This is like one of the main themes through this letter of First John dealing with this this teaching that the Gnostics were teaching that uh, who had they, they'd identified like mankind's greatest problem is ignorance, and we have secret knowledge that others don't have. We can help we can We can help uh, take care of mankind 's greatest problem of ignorance because we have a secret knowledge, and they were wrong because John is saying, no, the greatest problem is rebellion." It's rebellion. It's like it's the attitude of Cain, but 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 with an attitude much like uh, in an attitude of much love. There is the mark of an authentic Christian. He said that's that's the difference. It's the attitude of God. Love isn't just a habit of God's, but the very essence of His being. So so you 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 can't come into a a real relationship with this loving God without being transformed into a loving person. And John continues that that in Christ we have a new destiny. Verse 14, we have passed from death to life. He says it's done. We have a new destiny. It's done. It's a done deal. We have passed from death to life. Scripture often calls this eternal life. And eternal life doesn't just mean that life that lasts forever. It's a it's a quality of life. Like, like God is eternal. Eternal life means we have the essence of God within us. It's that that sperma once again, that seed, the presence, the very essence of God. How cool is that! And Jesus offers hope that it, that is a new way of life, where, where, where love changes everything. Even, even when it gets scary, we realize it's, it's love that's bringing the changes. And there's a lot of talk about love and everything, but we want authentic love. We, we want, we desire, and you know what? We deserve authentic love. And here's what authentic love does. Authentic love spreads hope. It really does. How do you know if love is more than words? Authentic love spreads hope. When asked why I'm so intent on spreading hope, I'm here to tell you, I, I, I've i done worse than steal a candy bar like Sister Lily McCutcheon. <laughs> and, I, and I've experienced the love of Jesus in forgiveness. And, and his, I, his love lives in me. That's why I'm so intent on spreading hope. How, how do you spread hope? How are you spreading hope? The question, the question, what is love, comes, comes to mind here. And it continues to resonate with us. And we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. That's what John says here. Hope starts with Jesus. I want to identify two threats to our hope and how Jesus is the answer to those threats. The first threat is this. It's the threat of a busted heart. The threat of a busted harp is a threat to your hope. In our hearts, we know things about ourselves that no one else knows. And these things are prone to leave our hearts busted. And if left unattended, we find ourselves in a downward spiral of self-condemnation. And in verse 20, John says that God is greater than our feelings. God is greater than our hearts. God knows. He knows everything. He knows exactly where we are spiritually. He knows our strengths, our weaknesses, our success, and our failures. Our hope isn't based on our subjective feelings, but on God's truth and His love at work in our lives. See, John writes about because of this, because of this love, we can have confidence to come to God in prayer. We can pour out our hearts to Him and be completely open about our needs. That's where the hope is. The, the other threat to our hope is the threat of broken obedience. We have a threat of a busted heart and a threat of broken obedience. Broken obedience can destroy your hope. In verse 22, John says that, 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 that uh, we receive what we ask of God and we obey Him this way. We need, we need to be real clear on this one. This is not some, some blanket promise that we get anything we want from God, like, like, like Santa Claus. What, <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> That wouldn't be love. That would be called indulgence. Indulgence is hardly loving. <laughs> but as we look at to live God's way, our desire becomes molded to His. The more we develop our relationship with God as obedient children, the more we find ourselves asking and receiving that which is pleasing to God. He says in verse 16 through the end, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees his brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love one another. Let us show the love by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth so that we will be confident even when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and He knows everything. Dear God, dear dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence, and we will receive from Him whatever we ask because we obey Him and do the things that that, that please Him. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and with them. And we know that he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. We are to love like Jesus, he says. Verse 23, this is the commandment. We must believe in Jesus and love one another. This is the bottom line. Christianity at its core, belief is the name of Jesus and to love one another believe in the name of Jesus and, be, and to love one another. There, there is no other litmus test. There's none. He says right here, this is it. There's no other litmus test for one's faith. We have all these tests and all these ways to say, this is how it proves you have the Holy Spirit. This is how it proves you're a true Christian. No, you believe, you put your faith in the name of Jesus and you love others. That's it. That's the litmus test. Jesus said uh, himself in John thirteen I'm giving you this new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world you're my disciples. The love we have for one another is evident in our actions, and our words. And John says our actions will show that we belong to the truth. The Greek word translates as truth in this passage is aletheia, which, which uh, it means nothing is concealed. That's what truth is here. Nothing is concealed. The truth is the love of Christ cannot be hidden, can't be concealed. When his love is at the center of your being, it comes out in your words. It comes out in your attitude. It comes out in your actions. This is advancing the kingdom of God by spreading of hope to the world around us. A life filled with hope can't help but spread hope. Next steps. I'm going to challenge us all this week to put into practice a, a three simple step method to interact with those around us, family members, friends, even strangers. It's, it's, it's this, ask, pray, bless. Ask, pray, bless. First of all, ask. Simply ask, how can I pray for you? You want to spread hope? Ask, how can I pray for you? Or, or even ask if it's somebody you know, maybe it's a stranger or or, or or somebody you know who's not really a believer. Say, "Would you mind if I pray with you?" See, asking is opening the door to spread the hope of Christ, and then pray, pray. We do just what the Word says. We pray with them. The Scriptures tell us to pray for one another. We pray with them. Maybe they have a, sp- a specific request for the prayer. Maybe maybe your prayer is simply, "Lord, you already know every need they have. Right now, I'm just asking you provide." for every resource they need it doesn't take long prayer with flowery language to spread hope but prayer spreads hope and bless bless and we use this word a lot and often wonder if we even know what it means we'll say we'll say things here in the south like oh bless her heart and you know that's not a blessing right (laughs) bless their heart bless his heart bless them in the name of jesus that's what i'm saying truly bless them to bless someone is to bestow good of any kind upon them a blessing could be a kind word it could be a helping hand it it could be that you took time to notice the person in front of you and you asked him how could i pray for you that's maybe that was part of the blessing ask pray and bless let's all do that lord we thank you that you bless us thank you that you you meet us right where we are we thank you that you have uh, given us this love, Lord, that makes us the children of God, and you you see us th- with this this view that 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 you love us like children, your children. We thank you, God, for that, and we want to we want to not just acknowledge that and thank you for it, but we want to walk in that truth. But Lord, we understand that that this means. Uh, for us it means to walk in righteousness or holiness And, and, and we do this lord with your presence within us your essence within us the very seed of god is planted within us lord may it take root and spring up and spread hope thank you lord for this new way of life thank you lord for this love that changes everything for us and now lord we pray that you would give us opportunities to ask, pray, and bless our neighbors and spread the hope that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.